Hello listeners, it's the LGR Human Resources Robot again. Just to let you know that Mark was not very well during the recording of this episode, so he was even more incoherent and rambling than usual. Also it's episode 133, not episode 135 as Mark is about to announce. Anyway, enjoy this shoddy excuse for a podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 135 of Mark Hamer. I'm your host, Laps Gamer Radio, and half an hour ago I threw up in the back garden. Let's do this. Justin. Hello. From Last Save Loaded. You've come to join on the pod this evening because no one else was... Uh, well, everyone's busy. <laughs> everyone's have Everyone's got lives and things. Well, uh, apparently they're, they're useful things to have, and I might get one one day, but... Uh, no, podcast, yay! Yeah. <laughs> Even <laughs> when you feel like shit. Ugh. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, you just been to the cinema for I a have, double bill. Yes, yes. Um, so we, it's quite, it's it's a tale as always with my local cinema because we went to see Toy Story Four in three D, mm. and we went in just as the film was starting and the Buena Vista logo was up, and we sat down, we got our glasses out, and we put them on, and I went, my glasses don't seem to be working. And the girl next to me, she says, no, it's it's definitely not working properly. So I had to go out and talk to the guy that, you know, checking the tickets. And I said, um, yeah, uh, I don't know if my glasses are faulty, but the 3D doesn't seem to be working. And he looked at me and he went, oh, I think I know what that'll be. Uh, let me just check. So he takes his pair, walks in. Three seconds later, he says, yeah, I know what that is. All right, take your seat. We'll fix that. And after sort of two, three minutes of us more or less working out what was going on, suddenly you saw this slide go in front of the lens and it was like magic. <laughs> <laughs> They'd obviously forgot to put the, uh, the the filter on to dissociate the images. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. Uh, I've, the, the number of times I've gone to see a, a film at the cinema and like I've... I've never I've never gone to the point where I've actually done it, but I've I've seriously considered a few times walking out and being like, "Yo, the projector's not in focus. Like, yeah, it's it's ever so slightly blurry, uh, and it's because no one works on these projection booths anymore, apart from in like boutique and art house cinemas. They just set them to run, and that's it. And there's nobody up there anymore. Yeah, they're, they're all, all digitals. Yeah, yeah, and they're all out on the front selling overpriced popcorn and whatnot. Mm. Um, what what um. Uh, company brand, whatever's the right word. This is this is one of the two Cine Worlds in Swindon. Okay. The the best that's that's not the best one we've had. The best one was when we went to see the preview for yesterday, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we watched Brightburn beforehand. And oh, okay, we we watched it in the same cinema. We got out. We waited an hour. We went back in. We sat down, and they put on Brightburn again. Okay. So <laughs> we're all going, right. um, we, we've seen this. <laughs> this is yeah. not supposed to be this film. No. <laughs> and the the other Cineworld in town, um, in summer a couple of years ago, I went for a sort of early afternoon showing of something. I had half day off, so I popped in and went to see something. I can't remember what it was. Um, something spacey. Oh, it was that Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, Jesus. And, you know, the, the beginning of that's all 3D. 
or at least the, the film was that I was mm-hmm. trying to watch, but it was all foggy. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, maybe this is a, one of these new art styles I'm not aware of. They've wiped the Vaseline on the on the yeah, lens. No, what what it was is because it was so hot in the in the <laughs> the screening rooms, they oh, put a bucket. Up. They put a bucket of ice in there, <laughs> and oh, they'd no. had condensation on the lens. Oh Jesus. So it took him 15 minutes to get in there to wipe the lens clean. And then, uh, yeah, we watched the rest of it as it, you know, they, they obviously flicked a switch and turned the uh, the air conditioning on and <laughs> it mm. was fine. Well, that doesn't bode well for me because a uh, new cinema has just opened up just down the road from where I live. So it's by by a long way my nearest cinema now. Yes. And that's a, and that's a cinema world. Well, I, uh, I get a lot of good service from them. But, okay. Yeah. Because uh, so far, like, there is um, so where I live, I live in a little village in uh, East Northamptonshire, and so uh, my options have been up until now to go to a cinema nearby is uh, go to Kettering, um, to the Odeon there, which is just loathsome, but uh, my other half can get um, discount on tickets. Yes. Um, or drive up to Corby, aka Little Glasgow, and go <laughs> to the cinema up there called the um, I can't remember what it's called. And I wanted to shout them out because they're really good and they're cheap and they do they do double seats, so you know couples can actually uh, sit comfortably. You, the old style without the armrest in between them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Savoy. That's it. It's called the Savoy in. Um, or just the Savoy in Corby. It's a really good cinema. Uh, in De- uh, it's a very small independent chain. So if any of our listeners live in Northamptonshire and want to go to a good cinema, go there. Uh, but I can't get discount there, and I can't get the um, Meerkat movies. Uh, and it's, that's, that's it's a just away. unacceptable. No, no. Well, you know, it's an independent cinema, so they, they don't charge that much. They charge less than a tenner for a ticket, so... Uh, and they don't they their food is expensive but they don't gouge you like the big ones do right um <clears throat> but then the other week uh me and zoe uh went out with some of her friends who live up peterborough way um so we went up there and um went to the uh showcase cinema up there and i hadn't been to that showcase cinema because i used to go to school in Arundel, so peterborough was fairly close um i hadn't been to that showcase cinema in about 15 years maybe a bit more than that uh, and as we were driving in, I was like, yes, this is just how I remember it. Like, they've got one of those big signs where someone obviously climbs up a ladder and puts the letters on individually to show what films are on and the, the rating and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and then you walk inside and it's just kind of old school, like a big, glamorous atrium with like a 360 degree food stall thing in the middle. Um, so that was all cool, like how we remember. Then um, when we got into the screen to see uh, John Wick 3... We were, we were surprised to find out, because we didn't realise, they turned it into a showcase deluxe. So all of the seats are big, leather, electronically reclining seats with acres of legroom. And I could have... If the film hadn't been so entertaining, I could have quite happily fallen asleep in that chair. <laughs> Which, for a cinema, is unusual. <clears throat> the other uh, month I went to go and see Avengers Endgame, which is like, what, three hours and change? Or the best part of three hours, at least? Well, it depends if you're going to go back and watch it when it comes no. out again with the extra four minutes. Yeah, for movie DLC, yes. No. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't I, think I they're got... actually showing it in Swindon, so... Uh, <laughs> well... I did uh, look. 
I'll wait for the home release. Um, but yeah, the Odeon has like just those standard horrible bench seats are not very comfortable unless you pay an even more to get the comfy seats, which aren't even that comfy. And the one that I was assigned in this packed cinema was broken, so it leant forward. Ooh, so dear. I spent all of that film perched, and I've never been so uncomfortable in a cinema, so I'm never going back there. But um, You have to start taking your own little cushion. Yeah, yeah, I should, really should have. I should have. Well, I did consider like taking my, my, my jumper off and uh, and sitting on it, but it was the air conditioning was also on way too low, so it was freezing. So that was good. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you thought of Brightburn because I haven't heard any impressions of it, and I watched the trailer and thought nah, that looks like it could be good. But it could also be super trashy, but I'm also kind of obsessed with the premise. Uh, well, for anyone that doesn't know, the premise is effectively because it is not quite done like this but effectively it's hey let's let's use the superman origin story but imagine mm-hmm. that secretly the superboy wants to actually kill us all it's not quite yeah like that, what, what but, if what if like the super kid was um evil was bullied and <laughs> ostracized and it kind of twisted him and made him into a once he does, you know, he starts to discover his. What I understand from is as he starts to discover his powers, and he becomes more and more of a recluse because he's ostracized by his like fellow school kid children and whatnot, and he kind of, well, yeah, channels his rage through his superhuman powers. Yeah, it, well, it, he's not really bullied by anyone in class, so much as um, he I'm, sort of okay. sits sits alone and stuff like that, but. Mm. He goes so I'm out. basing all of this on the trailer. <laughs> yeah, the, the reason that you're basing that on the trailer is because he goes out hunting with his dad and his dad mm-hmm. sort of tries to have the talk with him. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, you know, you you might be getting feelings for girls. It's okay to, um, to sort of do something about that. And right. then he's like, okay effectively he he's like a be right back and super speed then appears in her bedroom with mm-hmm. some hastily ripped plants and sort of says i got you some flowers and she's like you know you're a freak get out of my bedroom you're scaring me mm. and then she's scared of him at school so when they're doing a um a a what's the word um a trust test where they've all got to like you know catch you when you fall over they they push him at her and she jumps out of the way so he smacks his head on the floor mm-hmm. which is again where you see that he's you know he's unable to get cut or bleed or anything and the teacher's saying pick her up uh, you know go on then girl that's just let him go pick him up and he sort of squeezes her hand and essentially crushes it mm-hmm. so um that that's the first kind of bit of his real rage that you see but then yeah. he gets he gets like called, you know, in the middle of the night to where his parents have buried the spaceship that brought him mm-hmm. in their in their yard in their yard, um, barn, and they've never told him it's there or anything like that. And yeah, it, it sort of lights up when he's twelve, and yeah, he he sort of sleepwalks out there effectively because he he doesn't know what's going on, mm-hmm. and then it sort of starts communicating with him and, you know, says things like, uh, take it, you know, take the planet. And he then starts developing um, an interest in insides and things like that. And as far as did I so like it's it? kind of like if Superman had received a message from Zod rather than his dad. Well, yeah, but not even from Zod, because Zod was 
just militaristic. Um, mm. More if he'd received a message from um, Jason or Freddy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so he takes an interest in like gutting people, as an example, or something like that. And some of the the scenes of people dying are almost unnecessarily gruesome. Yeah, I saw in the Red Band trailer the scene with the woman in the diner. Yeah, with well, the glass that, in the eye. Oh. Yeah, that that was particularly bad, especially when she's then sort of still trying to protect herself from him mm-hmm. and they'll show you a camera shot where it'll yeah. be like, you know, half of it is blurry and red and Yeah, that was yeah. all in the Red Band trailer uh, Red Band trailer as well and it looked yeah, uh, uh, the whole sequence looked upsetting. Yeah. It it certainly was um, was not pleasant watching it, but mm-hmm. when you ultimately see what happens to her later on because she she's effectively presumed missing for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. And she is eventually discovered, but well, the ending didn't go the way I thought it would do. Okay. Um, and, and I won't spoil it by saying how it does go, but... No, no, yeah. I do intend to watch it when when it comes out on uh, on streaming services. Yeah, if you're at all jumpy, uh, you know, with jump scares and things like that, or, or, or you don't like the idea of... Superman going evil. Like I said to someone at work, oh yeah, the the concept is imagine if Superman went evil and he went, Well we had that, it was called Superman three. I was like, No no, no. What what no. Superman three was was he's just got a bit drunk, basically. Yeah. And was still Superman three the one with Richard Pryor? Yes. Yeah. You can't make a you can't make a like genuinely dark, scary film with Richard Pryor in it. Especially not when it has a scene where the red man and the green man on the traffic lights have a punch up. Yeah, you know that clearly yeah. was not something that could ever happen. So, yeah, that's one of the things I've I've never been um, I, I've never really got into Superman. I've got plenty of friends who have, and they've recommended plenty of, of stories to me. Uh, it's just I I don't like something about the you know, clean cut, all American, almost indestructible superhero just yeah. kind of bores me. But I'm I've always been interested in stories that take a twist on that. Um, well, there is. Um, so, like, I've talked, uh, I think, a few times on the podcast before about Superman Red Sun. Yeah, so I was going to say, there's yeah. Red Sun where he, he basically lands in Russia. Yeah, in Soviet than, Russia. Yeah. And becomes a hero of, of uh, the, the Soviet Union. And then there's yeah. this Soviet Batman, revolutionary Soviet Batman trying to fight back against him. And yeah, stuff like that's really good. Um, on the whole, I just find Superman boring. And so, I don't know, I, the, the premise of this. Uh, I know it's not a Superman film, but in all intents and purposes, it might as well be. But uh, I, I want to watch this. Like the the I know Rotten Tomato scores aren't anything to go by, but they're average. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's just it, it's not going to win any Oscars for good performances or anything like that. No. Um, as far as star power, you know, you've got Elizabeth Banks as the main actress, I guess, as as the boy's mum. You've got Pam's dick ex-boyfriend from The Office. Right. I'll <laughs> take your word on that. You never I, watched The US Office? I don't like The Office of any variety. I oh, just trust find me. it funny. No, no, the UK one wasn't funny. But um, come at me, Ricky Gervais. Uh, but the American <laughs> one's actually very good. So um, would I recommend it? Yeah, I would. But not if you're into... Um, not not if you're easily scared. Like there's a couple yeah. of people at work with us that they just wouldn't entertain the idea as soon as they saw the 
the end of that trail, the the mm. normal trailer, where you see him charge at the woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll watch it. Um, so, so yeah. So we we watched today. We watched um, Toy Story four, and then then yesterday, mm-hmm. because obviously we didn't watch it two weeks ago. So yesterday is an interesting one. It's a premise that's been around for a while. Um, notably, there's like a couple of Japanese mangas that's had like twists on this sort of uh, premise. Where I think in in one of them, it's like the guy goes gets sent back in time to a time before the Beatles. Yeah. And then just decides to write like it the um the Back to the Future sort of thing. Yeah. Um and there was I can't remember the premise of the other one. I was reading about them the other day. But it's it's a it's a it's a kind of interesting premise that's been floating around for a while. But uh Danny Boyle is uh is a good director. So was it good? I enjoyed it. It's definitely getting very middling reviews. Mm-hmm. There, there were plenty of chuckles in there. I mean, Ed Sheeran has a bit in the um, in the trailer, right, but he's actually don't in, want to watch it. He's actually in most of the film. Oh God! Because um, they, the, basically, the guy gets a break on local TV, yeah, you know, yeah. like the equivalent of Good Morning TV, mm-hmm. and he gets a call saying, "Hey, yes, it's Ed Sheeran. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm local to Lower Stoft, and." Um, I saw it and I thought it was good. And then right. he turns up at his house and he's like, yeah, uh, I need a supporting act to come with me to Moscow this weekend. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Moscow and then sings Back in the USSR. And they're like going, mm-hmm. hmm, why did you call it that? Because it hasn't been the USSR for like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, um, it, it just sounded better. <laughs> yeah. But so there's quite a few things where they they try and challenge him on the words. He's like, "Where? What gave you the inspiration for that?" Mm-hmm. And he's just going, "Oh, it just came to me." Yeah. And the uh, the guy who plays the main character, I can't remember his name. He went to the same school as me. Uh, obviously, several several years below. Uh, <laughs> actually, not that many years below, to be honest. Uh, he was in the same class as my uh, partner's younger sister. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Shout out to Prince William School. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed it. Again, the ending to the film, I can't give it away, but it it no, no. it didn't go with how I thought it was going to go. Okay. Um. All, all I'm going to say is it's not life on Mars or Ashes to Ashes. Okay. You know, which mm-hmm. considering the setup is he's had a. He's been knocked over by a bus, and when he wakes up, the Beatles never existed. Mm-hmm. But it turns out it's not just the Beatles. So um, he finds a lot of other things that have never existed. So his mum comes in and says, oh, I brought you a Pepsi. And he's like, oh, don't we have any Coke? And she's like, what? He's like, Coke? <laughs> no, no, Coca-Cola never existed. Okay. And, you know, you get little gimmicks like that. So he's on the plane with Ed Sheeran and the waitress says, oh, do you want some champagne? Is it? And he just says, oh, have you not got any Coke? Which obviously when you're saying that with a, um, a pop star type person, you would yeah. imagine that uh, that would have a different meaning. Yes. So, yeah, it was kind of like awkward. Okay. That's another one I might add to the, the streaming list. Yeah, it, it was it was pleasant enough. I think it's mm-hmm. averaging scores of like three and a half, four, well, two and a half, three out of five. So it's... It's not 
fantastic, but considering yeah. of the recent sort of musical type films of recent years, when you had uh, recent months, you've had Bohemian Rhapsody and then you've had Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocket Man was very not good in mm-hmm. comparison. This was it was easily Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening TV. Yeah, but not the sort where you'd put it on and then potter about the house and come back to it every five minutes. You you put it no. on and watch it, but you probably not pay that much attention. If if you're not a fan of the Beatles, just don't bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no but, I am. So yeah, it, I, I'm I'm not that much of a fan of the Beatles, but mm-hmm. I I enjoyed the film. Cool. Um, one quick question. Yes, uh, is. Toy Story 4 necessary? Um, Toy Story 4 is trying... If you thought Toy Story 3 was, okay, we're going to end it now, this yeah, is that's this is exactly it. exactly what I thought, and I thought it ended brilliantly, and it's one of the many Pixar films where I've welled up at the end of it, and I thought, that's it, that's wrapped up that story lovely. Yeah, um, so when I watched Toy Story 3, um, I have no shame in admitting I cried at the... The holding hands scene on the way to the furnace. Yep. And uh, the very end, I was a little bit choked up at. With this one, there was one scene, which is, um, there's effective, I think they call it Gabby Gabby, and it's played by Christina Hendricks, is the the shop doll that had Mm. a defective voice box, so never got bought. And she gets a new voice box, so that she can then be picked as a as a prize, you know, picked as a doll, and it okay. basically does it go the way you want, or does it not? Who knows? And um, the end, end result of the film was Tom Hanks probably is not coming back. Okay, right. That's... If they, if they make any more, um, but yeah, back to the the question: Do did it need to be made? Not really. No. Okay. As, as long as I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm sure it's very good. Like Pixar don't really make bad films. Uh, at least I haven't seen one I didn't enjoy. Um, <clears throat> some I enjoyed less than others. Some I think are absolute masterpieces. Wall-E, uh, Inside Out, films like that, I think are incredible. Um, but I just like, and it kind of contrasts a little bit with um, seeing John Wick three, um, because without giving anything away. So John, if uh, have you watched the John Wick. Yeah, yeah, I watched John Wick 1, 2, and then 3 over the course of, like, two weeks. So you know that, like, the same way as uh, the second one just kind of ended, and then the third one picks up exactly where the second one ended, the third one does exactly the same thing. And I was when I I was going into the seminar, I was like, right, they're going to wrap this story up, it's going to be really enjoyable. And then I came out the other end thinking, I really cannot wait until the fourth film. Yeah, the the end of the third one was basically, okay, we've... Done big highlighted signposts on what the next story is going to be, so that everyone knows and you're all invested. Yeah. But I thought that whilst John Wick three had some very funny moments in it, such as the um, oh let's uh, let's have him fighting the guys that are actually fanboys of him and keep stopping the fight to go oh yeah, yeah. this is awesome but you you know you're, you're better than this and stuff. Um, but it, it felt like some of the fights in it just went on too long. Um, one one fight I felt went on a bit too long against the big fanboy. Yeah, um, 
that one went on a bit, I think, a little bit too long. The other ones I thought were uh, appropriate. There was one that, that went on for a good while, and I could, I would have quite happily watched another couple of minutes of it. Was the scene in the marketplace in Casablanca with with, uh, with the dogs with, with and, Halle Berry? Yeah, like that is possibly one of the one of the the best pieces of like action directing and cinematography. The way it flowed, like the way it was choreographed, and the way it was shot was absolutely fantastic. Like. I'm a, I'm a dog person. I've never really been scared of dogs. I was absolutely terrified of those dogs in that sequence. <laughs> like it it reminded me of um in the second Jurassic Park film when the raptors are hunting everyone in the grass. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of and they were just alsatians. <laughs> so not 6 foot dinosaurs and uh, yeah, oh. I really enjoyed that film. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the to the next one. Yeah. Well, um with 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 Toy Story Four, you've you've basically got Woody has gone from being Andy's number one toy to mm. then you went to the the daycare center or whatever it was and the playgroup and then they got gifted to Bonnie so mm. Bonnie's the new Andy but he's still hat up on Andy and he keeps like name dropping the wrong name from yeah. time to time so you keep saying like I, I need to get back because Andy needs me and people are going Who, who's Andy is that yeah. ah yes but he's now taken a role of he is not the number one toy uh, but he's still determined that Bonnie gets her number one toy which is Forky the um, I've she, seen it yeah <laughs> and <It's> brilliant <laughs> Forky doesn't initially doesn't understand that he's a toy. He thinks he's right. trash because he was made with stuff out of the bin. Yeah. So uh, eventually, Woody just concedes and says, "Okay, yes, I'm trash too. Then you know, I'm trash to Bonnie, and okay. that, that's how they go with that. But it's all okay. We we got to get Forky back because Bonnie loves Forky. Forky is her new number one friend. But even mm-hmm. when she's trying to trying to hold on to him because he thinks he's trash." He keeps trying to jump in the bin all the time, mm-hmm. so they keep having to like get him out of the bin and throw him back at Bonnie, nonstop. Okay. So it's like the the ongoing gag of it starts to get a bit old, but you, you can obviously say though they, he's he has the single purpose of that's where I deserve to be, and it takes a while before they can bring him into the idea of okay, no, you, you exist because she made you, therefore she's the you are the most important thing to her right now. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's it's definitely um, a a handing over of the torch, and even Buzz from time to time keeps coming up to him and is like going, "Are you okay? You know, like, do you want me to take over looking after Forky?" And he's going, "No, I must do this. This is my job." Mm-hmm. You know, so he still has that um, fierceness of loyalty. Yeah, but at the same time, is trying to accept that he's not got the the fun time responsibility that he used to have of being being top dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so d- d- do you think the, it did, well, does it set it up for a fifth? If they, as I say, if they do do a fifth, then there will be no Woody. Okay. Because uh, this is, either, uh, the Pixar have never made more than a trilogy before. This is the first time they made a fourth film in a series, right? I believe so. Oh, there, there was one little touch we noticed. So the family goes on, um, like they go for a road trip, mm-hmm. um, which is how Forky escapes. But they go to a petrol station, and the petrol station is Dynaco. Right. From Cars. Okay. 
And so I noticed that and was like, yeah. oh, well done with tying in your other franchise, yeah. Is it all one universe like the uh, Tarantino? Uh, Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there there was no Stan Lee cameo in it. <laughs> all right, good. Um, shall we talk about video games? We can talk about some video games. Uh, and I know you're determined to uh, to once again ask me if I've gone back to Steep. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> After I, um... the lost recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've, I, look, I accept you don't like Steep. My other half doesn't like Steep. Nobody I know likes Steep. I'm the only one that does. Uh, so I still beat it up from time to time and play. So I find it relaxing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you've been playing Borderlands 2. Uh, I have started playing Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Borderlands, I have... Well, I won't say famously disliked, but um, I've made no secret of the fact that I don't like Borderlands. I'm not a fan of cell shaded graphics okay. to the extent where people were going, "Oh, like Z- Zelda Wind Waker was fantastic." No, it's not. I really don't like it. Oh, I will fight you over that. <laughs> mechanically, Borderlands slide, but I think Wind Waker is stunning. I appreciate the game, mm-hmm. but I don't like the art style. That's okay. that's what it comes down to. I don't like cell shaded games. And Borderlands, um, what like Sin City and stuff like no, that? No, no, like Escana Darkly. Uh, I am afraid I'm going to have to disappoint you and say I've not watched it. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. But um, yeah, I, I guess I hate played Borderlands to get it finished, the first I, one. Yeah, I've done that with a few games. And. Like I was determined, after a while of realising I just wasn't enjoying it, I started going, okay, what is the main storyline? I'm just going to focus on that and get this finished, and then I can delete it. Yeah, and that's exactly what I did when a certain website decided to force everybody to play Assassin's Creed games for the day, for a, for a month. <laughs> and I went back and replayed Assassin's Creed 2, which I thought, up until that point, was one of the best games of that generation, and now I hate with a burning passion. Well, did you put it down as a um, I want to collect everything type of no. finish? Good. No, thankfully. I wasn't that crazy. Yeah. I, I, I've I, played several Assassin's Creed games, and so far I've yet to like any of them. The last two have been good. Uh, a little bit bloated, a bit flabby, um, especially Odyssey. There's too much to it. Like, the map is too big, and there's too much to do. Uh, and you kind of have to do a fair amount of it, otherwise you'll be out, um, under-leveled for the main story quests. But aside from that, like it's not Assassin's Creed anymore. It's basically The Witcher, but in right. the ancient world. Um, but out of those old ones, the only ones I really like, still a Black Flag and... No, that's it. That's that's it. Black Flag. Well, I haven't played Black Flag, but I have played Freedom Cry because that uh, was how I got rid of got, got through that certain episode yeah. that we're talking about. But, I didn't like Freedom Cry. I, yeah, it, it doubles down on all of the worst elements of Assassin's Creed and didn't spend any time doing the stuff that was fun, which was the naval combat stuff. Don't forget, it also had a quest, the second quest, I believe, mm-hmm. which was. Hey, go, go and find a gentleman, but we're going to not—we're not going to tell yeah. you what he looks like or how you're going to find him. We're just going to tell you to go somewhere on the map, and you're going to go around for an hour or more, mm-hmm. just running around having random encounters, trying yep. different vantage points or anything like that, until you 
eventually accidentally stumble across someone looking yellow. And yep. if you go too near him, it suddenly goes, uh, yeah, desynced, he noticed you. Yeah, yeah uh, it's like they, the, 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 the community for Assassin's Creed and any game that throws it in for years has always said, like, tailing missions suck, um, escort missions suck, don't make us do them, they're the worst. And then the developers of, of uh, Freedom Cry were like, let's make the entire game all the bits of Assassin's Creed that nobody likes. Uh, but then yeah. put in a quite likable main character and have the central hook around going around and murdering slavers. And I like that, but uh, all the mission stuff was just god awful. Yeah, I quite I, I was reasonably happy doing the plantation liberations, and I think doing several of those got me the crew I needed for my ship. Yeah, but it just it it, it just wasn't particularly enjoyable no no uh, but yeah um borderlands should uh, i i'm playing this with adam belcher um Bortang on mm-hmm. twitter and um he he has said previously like you know i should like it it has looting it has shooting it has the two things that i like mm-hmm. but why don't i like it because sort of, one of those two things is bad well they've made a almost a joke of it now by going oh we've got millions and millions of guns yes mm-hmm. yes and and therefore nothing is interesting because you're constantly picking up guns and or looking at them going is it fractionally better than what i've got no right well mm-hmm. that's just more loot on the floor then that i don't need to pick up and it's just it's a bad shooter right it's, yeah. it's, it's just straight up a bad shooter like the whole uh, RPG mechanics, the skill trees on the characters are all varied and interesting. Like, um, there's you can build out some really interesting teams based on what four characters you roll with and, and what perks they've picked from the skill tree. And the main story is uh, hmm, more hit than miss, maybe. Uh, same with the humor, uh, more slightly more hit than miss. But like the the, the hits are big and the misses are woof. Yikes! Uh, so, I also hate claptrap. So uh, you well, know, that, yeah, that's the central feature. You are not alone in that. Um, plenty of people don't like claptrap. I'm kind of ambivalous. So I'm like, don't really care. Uh, lots of people didn't like Tiny Tina either. Again, like she's all right in small doses. Um, some of the other characters that aren't really in it as much, like Mister Torg, I find hilarious. I know it's just a dude shouting like testosterone and stuff like that, but I just find it really entertaining. Um, Is he like uh, Lord Shax in Destiny? Uh, Impressive. Yeah. Oh well, you're Shax, on fire. <laughs> Shax has started going nuts recently um, <laughs> in the last like year or so. Like if you go on a kill streak, he doesn't even say anything. He just goes ah. <laughs> <laughs> And he still I'll tell you the, what, like, the send playing, them home crying. Playing Destiny and or mm-hmm. Destiny Two, and then watching John work, you will always look at Lance, whatever his name is, Lance the Reddick. concierge, and just yeah. go, "Hmm, Savala wants you to, yeah. <laughs> to do a mission." Well, I've had every character that he's ever played. So that uh, character in John Wick, um, the lieutenant in The Wire. Uh, Zavala, plenty of other things. I've had it ruined by one um, appearance he made on the Eric Andre show. If you've never seen it, just put in Lance Reddick, Eric Andre, and just watch that clip. It's only a few minutes long, and right. it will destroy every character he's ever played for you. It's hilarious. <laughs> <Okay>. um, 
Yeah, I, I really want to like Borderlands 2. I, I went back to it recently. Like I played the hell of it when it first came out. I bought the Special Edition. I'm looking at my... Um, what's the dude? He was the bus driver in the first game. Oh, he's like he, the narrator. He's, he, he's the gun salesman in the second one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've no, got with no refunds. Marcus, I think it's called. Marcus, that's it. Yeah, I've got a Marcus bobblehead up on my shelf from my my 360 special edition of, of Borderlands 2. Uh, and I really enjoyed it, but I didn't know any better. Uh, and then going back to it recently, because it's been on uh, Game Pass and they put it on... Um, ps plus yeah and then they added in like a new piece of dlc for free which bridges the gap between two and three and i was like okay well this could be interesting zoe's really interested in getting borderlands i'll give it a go and then i jumped in and i remembered that the shooting is just bad like all of the guns the recoil the the just the feel um uh there's no weight to anything uh it just doesn't feel good as a shooter now i've been massively spoiled because i've played uh, I mean, the only shooters that I've played recently are Apex Legends who by uh, Respawn Entertainment, which, regardless of what you think about the game, Respawn know how to make a shooter feel good, like the shooting elements. Yeah. Uh, Doom 2016 and Destiny. And the, des- the, the when that, when Destiny has been a bad game, the shooting has always been great. Uh, yeah, I was, to, to, I, I was very surprised when um, PlayStation did their... Th- little video thing where you could type in your um your name and then it would come up mm. going like oh this was my first trophy and this is my rarest trophy and i've spent the most amount of time on these games yeah and when it came up with that and i thought okay well persona 5 fair enough 150 hours i'd expect that amazing uh, game. De- destiny 156 hours and i'm like well, I guess I got the Destiny console, but then I that was what I played a lot of for two years. So how how many hours? Sorry, uh, I'd need to check it again, but it was it was um, way over one hundred and fifty. Right. But i i haven't I haven't played Destiny two anywhere near as much. I played I played through the main story mission, and then I was like, okay, I've done that now, and didn't get the didn't go in for the DLCs, having. Picked up the Taken collection for a tenner in Tesco. I thought I'd, I'd work my way through, and I've I think I've unlocked the lighthouse now, but I haven't done the third like unlockable building, or mm-hmm. I don't know which way around it goes. Like I've unlocked Mercury, but I haven't locked unlocked the next hub place you can go to. Uh, oh, so I I'm, can't. I'm uh... still working on like different subclasses and stuff. I can't see my my stats on uh, on the, the the tracker that tells you how long you've been playing it because I recently changed my PSN name and it's kind of screwed it up. But right, uh, I don't know how much I put into Destiny Two. Not as much as Destiny One so far, but I put a couple of thousand hours into Destiny One. Like, um, it was well, the only game I played for a good six months, and then it was the game, still the game that I played the most for the following like two years after that. Yeah, my my all time is is always going to be World of Warcraft. That there was literally months on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never had anything that was quite that bad, but like um, mine were always dangerous because it was always over the course of a year, and that was Football Manager. And uh, when you load up Steam, and it told you how much you, how much you played, and it started to, it started to creep towards like coming out of the days and into the weeks, and it's like I've only played this game for one year. Yeah, uh, and I've wasted at least one fifty-seconds of this year playing Football Manager. The the thing that really gets you is when you realise you've had those those Sunday 
days where you roll out of bed at eight o'clock and mm-hmm. at ten o'clock at night you go to bed and you think I've left this chair three times today. Yeah. And that was either to get food or go to the toilet. Yeah. Or both. And I still do it for Destiny. Like uh in September the Shadow Keep expansion comes out and I'm gonna get it day one and I'm seriously considering booking a few days off work just to play that expansion because that's Destiny Two is the game that I, I play the most. Um after having taken a couple of months off. So uh I I played all the way through main campaign and the same as you did you did you say you played through Curse of Osiris and Warmind? I played through those, yeah, because yeah, Curse yeah. of Osiris was like a four hour adventure and then it was yeah, done. And it was crap. Uh and then there wasn't really much to do in the aftermath of that either. And then Wrath uh, not Wrath of the Machine, um Warmind was slightly better. Uh it had an end game content, uh, an end game activity to do that was okay. Uh and then, uh, so did you, you haven't played any of Forsaken? Yeah, I have. I, I've, okay. I've finished the main bit. So, uh, I ha- well, I say that. I haven't got the gun because it, it tells you to go off and get Cade's gun. But um, uh, yeah, I've played up space. to the bit where you actually see your character speak for the, well, the first time in Destiny 2, I believe. Yep, yep. They say one line. In yeah. The entirety of Destiny 2. Yeah, the character was quite chatty in Destiny 1. And then, yeah, nothing. But uh, <clears throat> that's just that's a minor thing. I, 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 you know, I've played plenty of games with the silent protagonist, and it's not a problem. But um, yeah, I played all the way through Forsaken. Uh, got through to the Dreaming City at the end. Did lots of the activities there. The sort of dungeon, which is like a three-man mini raid, which is really cool for people who couldn't get together six players to do a raid. Right. Uh, and of course, I've done Callus. Um, I've done that raid. Uh, God knows how many times. Uh, I actually ran it again um, last week because uh, I uh, I bought the season pass for um, the Black Armory or whatever bought, it's called. Yeah, there was the Black Armory stuff, and then this current season is the um, season of oh, there's Black Armory, the season of the Drifter, and now it's the season of Opulence. So uh, I came in when the Black Armory stuff started, uh, and they done goofed it so nobody could actually well apart from like the best of the best nobody could actually complete the black armory activity in the first week because they set the um the level uh, requirements so high uh on the same day that they raised the level cap but no one could actually get enough powerful gear to get up to that level cap uh the new right. level requirement on that day uh and i played that a little bit and uh, like the, the the clan that i was in started to drift off and play the things and just not be playing destiny and i was like i can't do much of this stuff on my own because i hate playing with randoms and so i dropped off for a while um and then i started talking to the um the destiny group in the discord for the the computer game show um discord group and they've okay. got a server for destiny 2 and i started chatting to the people in there and i was like is anyone playing destiny 2 because i haven't played it for too long and i'm so far behind they're like yeah yeah come on jump in i, like, I just the- downloaded the um the, the destiny 2 app which yeah. has the lfg section and you can just um you know sit on there with you yeah playing yeah. something else and then look for someone that's doing the raid that's how i actually got my my first and only callous raid done yeah 
I, I've done LFG stuff before, and, and there's a lot of cool people out there doing the LFG stuff, but there's also a lot of people who are like, we will not run with you unless you have this weapon, this weapon, and this weapon, and this yeah. set of armor, and yeah. you must be able to show the shade of the show that you've done it before, and it's like, if you're a first-timer event, there's like no chance, or almost yeah. no chance. Um, so yeah, the, the computer game show Destiny Clan were like, yeah, come on, uh, jump on tonight, uh, we're going to be playing a few bits and pieces, and they dragged me through an entire raid and most of an exotic quest on the first night. I was like, okay, uh, I'm back in. So now I've been playing catch-up a lot. I've uh, done uh, Scourge of the Past, which was the Black Armory raid, which is really good. Um, it's different. It's a little bit more chaotic than the average raids. You know, like when, um, like in the Callus raid and some of the previous ones, it's like in each section, everybody has a, a job and everybody knows where they need to be at each moment during the raid. Like you stand here then and you stand there then and you're shooting that and you're doing this yeah. and you're applying that buff and whatnot. Um, in the Scourge of the Past's raid, it's kind of like there's a couple of people who have specific jobs and then everyone else is just like, well, you're going to have to do this thing in a minute, but until then, just help. Go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's a bit mad, a bit chaotic. It's kind of fun. Um, I haven't done the latest raid yet. I still haven't done the uh, the, the the Dreaming City raid, the Last Wish, uh, which is supposed to be really, really good. And I haven't done Prestige Callus yet either, uh, which well, I need to pre- pre- Prestige Callus is one of the few remaining things I need for my Destiny 2 Platinum to go with my D1 Platinum. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I um, I think I've already got it, and I haven't prestige callus. Yeah, that's a uh, prestige raid is is on there. I wonder. I must have done it then, because I'm sure I've got the the platinum. Um, some of the the guys I was running with were telling me about like you know in the last room in the callus fight. Yes. Uh, when you get dragged through to the shadow realm, this is going to mean nothing to anyone who hasn't played this, but like you get dragged through to the shadow realm, and then three people grab those orbs and go back into the throne room. Yes. And you usually have like three people that are in the shadow realm, um, and three people that are not, and three people who are doing the um, the getting rid of the signs on the outside and whatnot. Yeah, uh, in the prestige version, um, he like that's all randomized. You can't right. pick who's in the shadow realm and who's in the outside world. Callus okay. decides, and it becomes a little bit chaotic. Well, apparently. we we uh, we one phased him, so we just uh, yeah won, yeah won it's it's people. we just it's real spot. easy now. Yeah, like if. As long as you can get the um, the sort of uh, the flow and and you know how to do all the roles because you just have to be more from the sound of it you just have to be more of a um, an all rounder a bit of more of a jack of all trades rather than specialising in a particular thing so like in the gauntlet I've I've only ever been the one who's running around the circle on the outside I've never been the person that's inside the gauntlet shooting the bits and pieces and whatnot uh, I have done both but it's as a hunter I think it's easier to do the running around the outside because you triple jump yeah yeah exactly yeah um but yeah uh i'm i'm really enjoying that game and i'm glad i've got people to, to play with again um they've just released uh yesterday at time of recording uh a new exotic hand cannon called the lumina um and the same as they've done with a lot of weapons in this in in uh, destiny 2 compared to how they used to do it where it's like there's this exotic you might get it you might not um most of the exotics in Destiny 2 have been quests, so it's like you will get it if you complete the quest. Yeah. Uh, and some of them, they're, they're quite long and multi-stage, and some of them involve playing a lot of Crucible, which is not everyone's cup of tea. I don't really love the Crucible, to be honest, because um, I'm not that good at it. It's uh, very dependent, A, on skill, and B, the mm-hmm. class you take. Yeah. But like, I'm running through the Thorn quest at the moment, which requires me to go into the... Uh, 
the the crucible and kill specifically warlocks. Like it doesn't it doesn't count kills against the other two classes. It has to be warlocks. Yeah. And then the next stage of the quest will be the same, but titans. And the next quest, you know, stage will be hunters. Yeah, I got I I <clears> did the original thorn quest, and it was pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then then you had to do a specific version of one of the dungeons uh, on on the moon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's still the same. I know it's, but it's now. Um, I can't wish a strike. It is. It's one. Of, I think it's the one on Mars. Um, so yeah, the Lumina, the new weapon they've, they've they've added in is kind of an interesting gun because like uh, Thorn, they changed up in Destiny Two. So uh, when you get when you uh, do damage with Thorn, uh, it spawns these little orbs, and you pick those up, and then it buffs your damage next time you fire Thorn against an enemy. Um, uh, Lumina, when you do when you're firing, um, you build up a buff, and then you can fire a healing orb. As I, if you fire from the hip, you fire a healing orb that will track. You know, a teammate that's nearby, and uh, will heal them and you, and give you a very short buff, uh, damage buff. Um, so it's kind of an interesting little twist on the way, because apart from one warlock subclass healing grenades, uh, everything in that game's kind of been just DPS, or right. occasionally putting down a shield or something like that. You know, um, so it's it's kind of an interesting new twist on uh, exotic weapons like a support gun uh so i'm working towards that at the moment but that's a long it's a long slog um but yeah i'm I'm back and really really enjoying destiny uh apart from that i'm trying to think what else i played um oh i did actually 100 percent three games for codec moments last month which is something of a rarity for me uh so i did old man's tale which is like a tale of an old man uh no, no, Old Man's Journey. That's it, Old Man's Journey. Uh, I think it's a French game. Uh, it's like a point-and-click adventure, uh, but you're not, like, hunting around for, you know, items and things like that. It's more of a case of, like, the um, there'll be, like, layers of the landscape, uh, and you're, like, shifting the positions of the hills so that your character can actually progress through the level. Uh, and it's it's quite short, and it's it's very charming. There's a few little uh, collectibles in there to get the, the, the 100%. Um... And I also played through Brothers again because uh, I hadn't played that in a long time, uh, and that game is fantastic. Um, it got me quite emotional the first time I played it because I didn't know what was coming. Um, but yeah, that's, that game still go real good. And then I played um, Tacoma, which is the, the follow-up to Gone Home. Oh, um, I'm just going to interrupt you to say there is a nice um, website that you can have a quick look on. It's called uh, WastedOnDestiny.com. Yeah. And <laughs> it currently says I have played 98 hours, 31 minutes on Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. And Destiny 1, 434 hours, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the website I was trying to look at, but it didn't seem to be pulling it up because I changed my um, I changed my PSN name recently. Right. Uh, okay. Well, Which has kind of screwed up a bunch of stuff. Like most, I looked down the list of the games that would be affected if I... Um, changed my uh, my username um psn id and it got a whole list of uh potential games that could have been had some problems and i was like oh you know i don't really play any of these um but i didn't spot onrush was on there um right and when i changed my name it wiped all of my progress in onrush so hmm. i got start again from the beginning which is a shame um little aside you can't have the word basement in your psn id Okay. 
Uh, PlayStation does not allow it. Now, I was at a loss at this for a while. Uh, and then someone in the, the TCGS clan ex- uh, said, like, fill me in on why it is, because he used to do, um, used to have to police usernames on a website a while ago. It's because basement contains the word semen. So right. PSN won't allow it. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So I finally come up with a witty name, ba- uh, Basement Shacks, after Shaxi from uh, Destiny. And PSN were like, nope, <laughs> you can't have this. So I had to go with Goldman Shacks, like the bank Goldman Sachs. Yeah. It's and, a it's a bad joke. And there was me thinking that you wanted to be a late nineties um musical group. Yeah. Yeah. Um were they late nineties? Yeah, well they they'd released um Remedy when I was mm. in Corfu and I did a lad's holiday in ninety nine. Oh, I bet you did. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> no, no. No. Well, I don't uh, drink, I, and and I don't do I don't smoke or do other things that people might do on a lad's holiday. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was basically just oh, I'm gonna have two weeks in Corfu uh, during the solar eclipse back then as well. Um, okay, so there's that but, at least. But uh, yeah, it was just um, lots of loud music, and you know that was Which is not enjoyable. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what else have I played? Um, I played through. I was on holiday a while ago. Well, I was at a long weekend for a wedding, so we were, a bunch of us rented a house up north, uh, and I spent uh, a couple of days playing through um, uh, Katana Zero, which uh, is kind of like a. It's it's very. <laughs> I heard someone describe it as it's Devolver Digital the game. So if you, if you wanted. To, like to show someone a typical Devolver digital game, you just show them Katana Zero because it's 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 very similar to a lot of those games. It's very similar to Hotline Miami, but it's like a side-scrolling uh, platform hack and slash ninja game, right? Um, with like stuff that happens in between the missions that make you start to question the main character's sanity and what's going on, and like uh you know banging electronic soundtrack or it ticks all of the devolver digital boxes but it's it's really really good uh it's quite short but then there's like a whole bunch of challenges afterwards there's like a, a whole collection of different swords to unlock and you can only do by doing particular challenges and it's it's very cool it's like the action version of um uh oh god what was that side scrolling animated uh stealth ninja game that was really good it's made by clay um I, I mean, stealth ninja games. The how? Uh, what? What era? It came out on uh, 360 originally, but now it's on like everything. I got, I got it on the Switch. Dishonored? No, no. It's it's, it's a 2D side-scrolling. Hang on. Let me Google this. Super Meat Boy. <laughs> no, no. It's by it's by Clay, the same people who did um, Shank. Uh, Mark of the Ninja. Okay. Uh, Mark of the Ninja is real good, like a real good stealth game. But this is more like a straight up action game. There's not really any stealth in it. Uh, and then the other the game I've, I've, t- I've played that I really t- want to talk about is um, uh, Moonlighter, uh, which came on sale on uh, on the Switch a while ago. And I'd watched uh, Zoe play quite a lot of it, and it looks it looked really good. So I thought I'd check it out. And that's that is basically like a you know top down dungeon crawling loot hack and slash loot collecting game. Uh, but the twist is that you take the loot back to the town and then in the day you run a shop selling that loot. Uh, so 
you use some of the loot to like upgrade your materials so you can get better stuff and then the rest of it you sell in your shop um and you get enough money to be able to uh, to open up other shops in the town that other people run that will then be able to, to smith better equipment for you or craft healing potions and you can upgrade your shop so that you can put more stuff on display and like hire an assistant and stuff like that and it's like it's a really really it sounds like a really boring concept, but it's actually really, really good. Like the dungeon crawling stuff is excellent, but I just got so lost in the in the shopkeeping stuff because there's like each item has a uh, an optimum price, uh, and if you yeah. if you put it down for too much, no one will buy it, and if you put it down for too little, then like people will be happy to buy it. People, people like, snap it up, but you don't make yeah, any money. You yeah. don't make enough profit and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a kind of surface level business sim, uh, but it's it's really good lovely art style lovely soundtrack uh and i think it was 11 or 12 pounds uh when i got it um and there's a fair amount of game there so uh, highly recommend that hmm. well Have you played uh, um anything else <laughs> uh most recently other than borderlands i what have i been playing uh well i played um, the farewell episode of life is strange Mm-hmm. Um, just because I hadn't yet, and it, I had my code waiting to get used, so I got that done and finished. But um, just in time for it coming on PS Plus today, <laughs> I I finished Detroit Become Human last week. Oh, man, <laughs> like, ah, uh, that's rough. I was actually looking forward to Pro Evo. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of was as well because. Um, uh, FIFA annoys me these days, and Pro Evo, um, uh, at least from the people I've heard from who who've played it, say that it's still the game that feels more like football uh, than and actually behaves a bit more like football than FIFA does, which is still a bit too arcadey and a bit silly. Um, well, I th- there was already the like Pez Light version that allows you to do what like some weird kind of ultimate club thing, mm-hmm. and I played that and. Gave it a good go, but it just you you've got a bunch of nobodies and you can't level them up very well because if you mm-hmm. get them too high, you've effectively got too much star power in your points to put out a team, mm-hmm. or you then have to go into better cups. At which point, everyone demolishes you. So there's there's no learning curve in it. You know, there's a pay us a little bit of money and it'll make it easier sort of curve. Yes, yeah, just absolutely. like FIFA Ultimate Team. <laughs> FIFA Ultimate yeah. pay us all of the monies team. FIFA Ultimate scam, yeah. Um, there's too much. But but loot boxes are, are are a different thing because Ultimate mm-hmm. Team is not loot boxes. Oh yeah, it's it's su- surprise mechanics. Yes. Which just sounds so creepy and ominous. Surprise mechanics. Oh. <laughs> oh. Like honestly, um, I had um, someone talking about this on, I can't what podcast it was, uh, they were saying basically the same thing that a lot of people have been saying. It's like, when it comes to talking about technology and electronic entertainment, and especially video games, you go in front of a parliamentary select committee, it's an open goal, because they know nothing about it. They know absolutely nothing about it. They know that their kids like playing Fortnite and that's it. Like, they don't understand anything about it. And so they went in front of Parliamentary Select Committee, both uh, EA and Epic, with and, and they had an open goal in, in front of them, and they managed to both miss and shoot themselves in the foot spectacularly. Like, the, the Epic um, representative was even worse than the EA one. 
they didn't come up with a line like surprise mechanics, but yeah, I, I highly recommend anyone watch like a highlight reel of both of their their appearances before the select committee because it was it was uh, truly incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> truly incompetent from both sides the questions being asked and then the answers being given were just awful so uh yeah um yeah the detroit thing's kind of weird uh so we were in the in our dm chats um me and the other guys from lgr were discussing this the other day when the news first came out um and some of us think it might be because it's uh big pushback from the community because lots of people were like the PSN hasn't PS Plus hasn't been great for a while, which is not an opinion I share. I think PS Plus is usually pretty damn good. I, I think what people need to remember, because they never mention it when they're so busy going, Oh, you didn't give me a great free game, is if you were back on PS3 in the early days when they gave when PS Plus became a thing, mm. it didn't give out any games it was a service which got you discounts in the sales. And it still does that. And it gives you the yep. cloud saving and all this other stuff. Yep. Like, you could go... Oh, you can easily make the point of arguing, oh, well, you shouldn't have to pay to play online. And that's fair enough. But some, obviously, someone's got to pay the server costs. But the yeah. the um, the discounts you get, like double discounts in the sales or an extra 10% off and things like that, yeah, they're, they're more and than for- happy to take that. And that aspect of it has always been better than than Xbox Live um, Gold. Like the the discounts you get through that are not very good. The games they give away with gold aren't very good. Um, I I'm I'm torn between thinking it's this is either some Konami fuckery um, because it's Konami and you never know what they're going to do, or like there's always been pushback against games that released on PS Plus, but like PlayStation haven't really cared because like you look across the aisle and what the other teams got is rubbish. Yeah. Uh, but now with like Game Pass being like the, some of the recent deals they've done with Game Pass being like, if you upgrade to Game Pass, uh, like but get Game Pass Ultra for a pound and we'll extend it for the duration of your currently purchased uh, Xbox yeah. Live thing. Yeah. So people have just bought like 36 months worth of Xbox Live and then upgraded to Game Pass Ultimate for a pound, which is just insane. Like, there's so many games on there. Uh, all of their first-party games launch straight on the on the system. And there's so many uh, third-party games that are launching straight on there as well. And they're, they're releasing new games on like a weekly basis. I, I can't keep up with it. Uh, it's so fast. And I think maybe um, Sony uh, will be like, oh, maybe we should do something to... Um, please the, uh, uh, the the supporters a little bit and give them something they actually want. And yet, people obviously still go, "Oh, Detroit's a crap game, and it's David Cage game, and oh, we we've had heavy rain on two consoles and and beyond two souls." And yeah, yes. but it's a AAA game. Stop whinging. Yeah, uh, and also the other game that they gave away, which uh, the name escapes me at the moment, is apparently really really good. Horizon so. Chase. Yeah, apparently it's just like a really glorious arcade racer. Uh, but it doesn't have futuristic graphics. It looks like it's a 1990s game. Yeah, bombs. that's 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 the point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. People are idiots. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing uh, Detroit. I, I I know it's going to be ham fisted. I know it's going to be awkward. Uh, <clears throat> I know that I I I never have 
faith in David Cage to uh, approach this sort of subject matter. Um, well. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> um, with any sort of tact. And uh, particularly in this case, because it is a, a, a piece of subject matter that I, I care about a lot, like uh, some of my favorite pieces of uh, other media, films and, and books, deal with the sort of... Uh, topics um what it is to be human and android yeah. rights and stuff like that yeah. and they've dealt with it very well and i know this is gonna be crap but i still really want to play it because yeah they're entertaining well it you, you've you've probably worked out enough to know that there are three main characters in it mm-hmm. and one is a a maid mm-hmm. the housewife essentially yeah um, one is a loving service um, personal assistant for a guy in a wheelchair, Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen, mm-hmm. who ultimately gets chucked on the scrap heap, rebuilds himself from other parts, and then becomes like the messiah for androids. Yeah, and then the other one, and the other one a, is, is a cop, a cop who yeah. works with Clancy Brown, who is um, investigating all the what they call the deviants, the um, the androids that have started turning on their owners. Mm-hmm. And they even have the light on the side of their head turn red, as if it wasn't like hokey enough in uh, iRobot. Yes, but the the proper ones remove that LED. Ah, smart. Yes, but it become yeah. So that so the cop is basically saying they don't have feelings because they're not real. It's just faulty programming, mm-hmm. and that's the sort of argument you have like you're you're supposed to get invested in the characters and you're supposed to then start getting conflicted with your own interpretation of like well given what i've done so far what would i do in this situation Mm -hmm. and this is where colin and i played it more or less at the same time and we had completely different um people alive at the end of the game yeah and I was kind kind of going right. Well, I'm. This is what I'm trying to do with this character, and mm-hmm. I I know it's going to challenge me to you know probably execute someone or something like that, and that's fine. I've done that. Normally, I try and play on a first playthrough. I try and do always do things like goody goody, mm-hmm. but after having played three Mass Effect games, where I in order to platinum them had to go through and do the really really awful things. And, you know, killing Zamara and both her daughters was, was quite hard in Mass Effect 2. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, no, you don't kill Zamara, you let her kill herself. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was hard. You get asked to do some messed up things in that game. But but in this, you can just go, nah, they're not humans anyway, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, no, uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. I, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, sure, you could really do with a run button because mm-hmm. some areas you do think, like, I'm just walking and walking and walking. But, you know, sometimes it's it's probably good to, to do that. Yeah. Every yeah. other game has the protagonist permanently able to full sprint for hours on end. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you can't in Gone Home or Tacoma. Those are my only criticism of those two games. Yeah, but gone, gone home, you excellent. can finish in a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you can, yeah. Tacoma <laughs> takes a little bit longer. Um, Tacoma, if anyone hasn't played it, I would highly recommend if you're, if you're like a, a good 
story of futuristic sci-fi corporatism gone rampant um, and questionable, you know, uh, AI controlling a space station. Yeah, does it questioning its motives sort of thing. If you like a story that rolls around stuff like that, then Tacoma is very good. Well, he's talking about controlling a space station. What do you think of the game that's going to be coming to the VR where you like have to guide a woman around the space station oh, from the camera? Um, Observer. Yeah. Uh it sounds really good. I've heard lots of people talking about it on um uh the PC version of it. Uh, I don't know whether it's out out on PC or whether it's just in early access. Um but it sounds really interesting. It got a very interesting write up in uh, Edge magazine uh, recently. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I, I would like to play that, but I don't have a VR headset, so... Well, I, I'm I'm keeping an eye out for it. It's one of the few things that I've kind of looked at and gone, hmm. But the, the one I want to get at the moment is Moss, but I, yeah. I can't justify paying the money for it at this stage when I've got uh, so many other games. Yeah, it'll be on sale. There's regular sales for, for PSVR stuff. Yeah, so they haven't dropped it down under £10, though. And, mm. you know, at some is it point... available um, physically? I believe so. But if that would mean going into town into game and you know town's scary. <laughs> uh, or, you can get stuff delivered from like CEX. Yeah, you could. Well, or or as me and Colin like to call it, the smelly shop. Yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a CEX in our town, and you can always tell the. Uh, uh, Does it have an overpowering the... overpowering waft of weed coming out? Oh yeah, yeah, and they open the doors at both ends to try and get some air out and like and you you can instantly recognize the town's reprobates yeah. vagabonds shall we say uh by the um the cex bag on their back because mm. they've all got one um but yeah that, sh- that shop's all right um it, it's a means to an end <laughs> most of the stuff that's in cex has probably been nicked oh yeah uh, yeah at least cash <laughs> converters i think they hold stuff for a while before they put it on the shelf in case the police do their regular visits and go right we've had this nick today what mm. has anyone brought it in i actually walked past the cash converters in town today because there's always like musical instruments in the window heavily discounted because yeah. some poor souls had to trade them in for far less than they're worth and there were a couple of guitars for sale for a fraction of what they should cost secondhand, they were both in excellent condition, yeah. and I I shudder at the thought of how much money the poor soul who submit who went and had to pop yeah. them got. Yeah. So yeah. because obviously that they mu- they must be making a profit uh, a reasonable tidy profit on the discounted rate they're selling it for. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's 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 more a case of just with the, the um, musical instruments. You find it in a lot of these sort of shops. The people who run them don't know the value of them. Yeah. Like when it comes to electronics, jewellery, stuff like that, that's fine. They usually sell those at around the price that you would expect to pay for for that sort of thing. Uh, musical instruments, uh, unless there's someone in the shop who knows anything about them, they just put them up for whatever price they think or whatever they see them going for on eBay. Um, yeah. And it's sometimes... You can pick up some bargains in there, but I, I've, I've always felt a little bit dirty <laughs> buying instruments from a shop like that. But, you know. Sometimes needs must when you're a poor student, as I once was. Well, indeed, yes. Yeah. Um, um, hmm. Shall we wrap this up? Okay. I'm, I'm... I really don't feel well. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, I could do with heading toward the bed. <laughs> yeah. I need to go and hose down the bit of the back garden I was sick in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Delightful. Something I ate did not agree with me, but yeah. Uh, persevere nonetheless. Um, yeah. 
Thanks for joining me, Justin. At yeah, incredibly no short notice, uh, <laughs> and after you've been to two films at the cinema and presumably a full day at work, you're an absolute trooper. Thank yeah, you. well, I got the message and it was like, just just out of interest, are you available? And I kind of went, well, I'm busy on Thursday, I'm busy on Friday, I'm busy yeah. on Saturday, I'm busy on Sunday. Um, well, I'm at the cinema until nine o'clock today, but that's realistically the only time you're going to get me. And you were like, yeah, yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I'll do. Um, yeah, and then I went and <laughs> went and made myself feel a little. I did really consider te- like uh, tweeting you and be like, "I'm not going to make it. I'm lying on my bed groaning." But um, but but then I would have interpreted that as a different reason why you're on, <laughs> on well, the yeah, bed. Yeah. Uh, I took a couple of painkillers. and I'm feeling a bit better now, so it's okay. all good. Yeah, um, you made yeah, it so through the show without without spewing. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I may have shit myself, but I haven't spewed. <laughs> um, so, Justin, where can people on the internet find you? Uh, well, they'll find me with Twitter, with at Onya6. When, uh, when Twitter's working. When Well, Twitter seems to be working at the moment, but um, other than that... <laughs> oh, yeah, if, sorry. It's everything else that's not working. <laughs> yes, you won't find me on Facebook. That's a horrible sign. But yeah. if you um, if you want to catch more of us and, and occasionally have cameos from other people, such as Mark, then mm-hmm. uh, we I record uh, Last Save Loaded with Colm, who still to this day periodically introduces our show when we're recording as yeah welcome to laps gaming radio yeah so yeah bless him we, we luckily yeah. we we have edits too yeah exactly you can fix that stuff <laughs> uh and uh, look forward to an upcoming episode of last save loaded featuring lgr alumni kev uh talking i'm sure about films far more eloquently than i ever could well i'm i'm kind of intrigued and at the same time worried about what sort of random obscure b movies he's going to come out with with his 4k videos that uh he goes to specialist shops to buy and i don't mean mm-hmm. specialist like the Once sort that, that have the boards on the windows <laughs> and the adult shop written above the door well <laughs> you say that but also at the same time a lot of those old italian horror films feature a lot of boobs well, well, boobs is fine. It's, it's just yeah. you know what what else is happening around that? Uh, lots of blood, uh, usually. But that uh, that should be that should be released on Monday, which will be the eighth of July. That show, yeah, uh, so probably same day as this one will go out. Yeah, so fantastic. Look forward to that one. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Basement Shacks. That's the Shacks with two X's: S H A X X. Um, you can find us on Twitter at uh, LapsGamer. You can go to our website, uh, LapsGamer Radio. No, LapsGamer.com. Jesus. Um, and Editing. you can see uh, <laughs> uh, Andy's recently put up a preview of all of the delightful pieces of media, board game, books, films, games, TV shows, etc. that are coming out in July. And uh, if you want to email us, then you can... Um, Head over to laps your email provider of choice and put uh com in the address bar and send me tums uh, or rennies. <laughs> Not by email. No. No, you can yeah. <laughs> send me Groupon vouchers for tums. Lots of tums. <laughs> uh yeah, that's enough for this episode. Uh thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you later. Ta-ra.